just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Michelle. I'm Kirsten. And we're back with part two of the Kaylee Anthony series. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I cannot complete this all in one part. It's a lot to go over. So, what I decided is last week was part one. This week is part two. We're going to get through the rest of the trial, the verdict, all that. And then next week... We're going to go over the documentary or docuseries or whatever. No, I'm not going to watch it because don't I don't watch it. I don't want to give her any money or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to find clips of it and stuff where I can, where I can. And we'll go over some of the clips, maybe compare some of the case with what she's saying and maybe like play devil's advocate for some of the stuff she's saying. Like, try to see it from that view and be like, no, but this kind of rules that out. And you know she, what I'm saying? She just makes it really hard to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. because it's been how long since this occurred? And you're just She's now coming out. She's been hiding under a rock. Yep. And you're just now, you get the right offer for the right for the right price. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I will make a docuseries oh, yeah. and get paid I'm not for it and tell that. my side of the story. I'm not saying allegedly she You know what I mean? Like, it just, she it. just makes it hard. Yeah, I'm not saying that she didn't do it. I'm just saying, like, maybe we can compare some of the facts from the case that we told yeah. on the podcast to what she's saying. See if it matches up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. I'm not. I'm not saying that she agree. didn't do it. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying okay. that she didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, anyways. So let's just hop right into this because this is going to be a bit of a long one. Um, and it's kind of just all about the trial and everything. So, okay. Fasten your seatbelts. Let's go. That was me putting on my seatbelt. I heard. That was perfect, bro. <laughs> on point. <laughs> I'm not sure what that Sounds like a, it's more like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. What was that? That was clicking. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Sounds like a gun. Literally, not even a little bit. Okay. Anyway, going into this thing. Where we had left off last, Jan Garavaglia, mm-hmm. the chief medical examiner, was testifying. Okay. And she had just said that even a small amount of chloroform would be sufficient enough to kill a child. Unfortunate. That's where we left off. Yes. And if you want to hear more, I'm not doing a recap because there's so much information that I have to get through on this episode. So if you want a recap, or you, well, I mean, if you want the story, go back to part one. Yeah. After Jan's testimony, they called a professor from the University of Florida to stand. To the stand, mm-hmm. not to stand. He was a human identification laboratory director, and his name is Michael Warren. Okay. He was brought on by the prosecution to present a computer animation of the way the duct tape would have been used in the death of Kaylee. Remember, okay. we found that we, they, found the duct tape 
mm-hmm. over on the skull with yeah. some hair on it. Mm-hmm. The defense objected, and after a short recess, Judge Perry ruled that the video could be shown to the jury. Okay. So the defense did not get what they wanted on that. Okay. The animation featured a picture of Kaylee taken alongside Casey, superimposed with an image of Kaylee's decomposed skull, and another with a strip of duct tape that was recovered with her remains. The images were slowly brought together, showing that the duct tape could have covered her nose and mouth. Mm-hmm. So they were just trying to show an example. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they were thinking, is that she got suffocated with duct tape. The duct tape. If you think, like, a f- she was four. Four-year-olds are very, they're small yeah. humans. They were thinking that they put chloroform and then covered her nose and mouth with the duct tape. Mm-hmm. I think she was three. Was she three? I think so. But she was four. So, we had to look up Kaylee's age, because... I, th- I could have swore she was four. She was only two when she died. She was only two. Yep. I thought she was three. I am mistaken. I apologize. But if you think of how wide duct tape is, mm-hmm. and how small, small a child, a two-year-old's mouth I mean, look at my face. Is. You could probably put duct tape around my mouth and mm-hmm. nose if you really wanted to. Yeah. Like, if you tried hard enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And kids don't know to lick the duct tape to get it off. Yeah, no. Don't ask me how I know. I just know. I feel <laughs> like it was just, like, a thing you did as a kid. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. It's fine. <laughs> so, Jose, Casey's lawyer, said, quote, This disgusting superimposition is nothing more than a fantasy. They're throwing things against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Jurors took notes of the imagery, though, so they were taking it into consideration. Michael also testified that it was his opinion that the duct tape found with Kaylee's skull was placed before the body started to decompose. FBI latent print examiner Elizabeth Fontaine testified that adhesive in the shape of a heart was found on the corner of a piece of duct tape that was covering the mouth portion of Kaylee's remains during ultraviolet testing, which we had talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. She examined three pieces of duct tape found on Kaylee's remains for fingerprints and said she did not find any, but she didn't expect to either, considering it was out in the elements for this long. Right. Elizabeth showed the findings to her supervisor, and she did not initially try to photograph the heart-shaped adhesive. She said, when I observe something is unexpected, I note it and continue with my examination. Mm -hmm. So her supervisor saw it, but she didn't take a picture. Mm Mm-hmm. But during the defense's cross-examination, Elizabeth explained that when she examined the sticker evidence a second time, after subjecting the tape to dye testing, it was no longer visible. Interesting. So when she put it in the dye, it kind of wore away. Mm-hmm. Which, mm, I don't know. It depends on what kind of chemicals are in the dye. Yeah. Now, we're going to the defense's turn to bring witnesses. That was all the prosecution's witnesses. We're going to the defense now. They called two government witnesses who countered prosecution witness testimony about the duct tape. Okay. We're still talking about the duct tape. The chief investigator for the medical examiner stated that the original placement of the duct tape was unclear and it could have shifted positions as he collected the remains. Okay. Cindy testified, her Casey's mom, mm-hmm. that their family buried their pets and blankets in plastic bags using duct tape to seal the opening. That is not a good argument. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I was literally like... If you're comparing them... Okay, but like... Okay, her blanket was also found. I know, but I'm just saying like, if you buried your pet, you're telling me you only buried... Here's how I saw this, okay? 
You're burying your pet. You're telling me you only buried your pet like a foot under the earth and the duct tape somehow came off and flew off because they confirmed that it was her remains. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say it was a pet's remains. That's fucking stupid. Here, this is this is my thinking. Mm -hmm. This is my thoughts. And maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. No, go She's ahead. saying, um, so they, they buried their family pets wrapped in blankets and plastic bags using duct tape. Her blanket was found with her body. Mm -hmm. And there was also duct tape found. Mm -hmm. My mind compares the two like they buried they buried their pet dog with the blanket wrapped in duct tape. They buried Case Kaylee wrapped in her blanket mm -hmm. with duct tape. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, that's a good that's a good you correlation that you spotted mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So that just made her look more guilty. Yeah. But I was just thinking like what the hell does that have to do with anything when I read it, but now that you say that, see that's see, why that's you see why what we're here. saying like that is not a very yeah. that is a very bad argument hmm. on her mm -hmm. part. I was thinking she said like somehow a blanket and duct tape got out there with Kaylee because they do that mm -hmm. with their pets and somehow it got up out of the earth and just fucking was there landed on her yeah body yeah. So an FBI forensic document examiner found no evidence of a sticker or sticker residue on the duct tape found near Kaylee's remains. Okay. So. They're saying something different than Jan. I think Jan? No, Elizabeth. Sorry. The defense called forensic pathologist Dr. Warner Spitz to the stand. Okay. And he performed a second autopsy on Kaylee after Jan had. He called Jan's autopsy shoddy, saying it was a failure that Kaylee's skull was not open during her examination. Okay. But at this point, like, it was so decomposed... Why would the skull need to be opened? Yeah, that was kind of my thought, but... He also said he was not allowed to attend Jan's initial autopsy on Kaylee's remains. I could... So he that was, makes sense to me. That makes sense to me also, but he said because of that, he was also not comfortable ruling the child's death a homicide. But it makes sense to have two separate autopsies done by themselves. That way you're not... Well, why would she want you breathing down her neck or... um? changing her account of things not only that but like it's it's kind of like when you get two two different people's stories mm -hmm. you don't want them in the same room mm -hmm. so you're gonna get one story from one autopsy technician of you know what they think happened yeah and you're gonna compare it to another autopsy technician mm -hmm. why would he be in the same room as the other person right. because then he's gonna be like oh she found this and this and this and this and this right i better write that down in my stuff too yeah that or, makes sense you know mm -hmm. Dr. Warner also said he could not determine what Kaylee's manner of death was, but said there was no indication to him that she was murdered. He testified that he believed the duct tape found on Kaylee's skull was placed there after the body decomposed, and that if the tape was placed on the skin, there should have been DNA left on it. But didn't Elizabeth just state that she didn't even think she could find fingerprints on the tape because, it had been because of so how long. weathered it was? And mm -hmm. all the oils and everything had been washed away by rain and God knows what else. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, is kind of like, mm, I feel like you're just reaching. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Werner then suggested that someone may have staged some of the crime scene photos. I'm sure. Right. Quote, the person who took this picture, the person who prepared this, put the hair there. That's what he stated during cross-examination. Mm -hmm. So your testimony is the medical examiner's personnel took the hair that wasn't on the skull and placed it there? And Dr. Warner answered, It wouldn't be the first time, sir. I can tell you some horror stories about that. 
Where did they get the hair? That makes no sense. Here's my thing. They were called three times to come out there. Right? Yeah. And on the third time they came out there, they probably didn't think they were going to find anything because they had already been called twice. And they already went out there once and looked. So they're probably just like, okay, we'll just go look. Like, we probably won't see anything, right? So why would they come prepared with a hair? Like, let me just place this And here. all these officers and investigators are coming from their homes, mm -hmm. their places of work, to come to this site. Mm -hmm. There was no... They didn't go in Casey's house. The right. Anthony home. Yeah. How, how did they get the hair to place it there? None of this... The defense... They don't, it doesn't make sense to me. No. None of it makes sense. On June 21st, 2011, John, the man who had made the software that detected chloroform being searched on the family computer, said he found a flaw and chloroform had only been searched one time, not the 80-something times he had claimed before. I might have said that in the last episode, but I just wanted to uh -huh. repeat it in case I didn't. Well, that's still one time too many. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Okay. June 23rd. Cindy Anthony was called to the stand, and she told jurors she had been the one who performed the chloroform search on the family computer in March 2008. Then why are you searching chloroform, Cindy? The prosecution alleged only Casey could have conducted the search and the others because she was the only one home at the time. Mm. And when asked by prosecutors how she could have made the internet searches when employment records show she was at work, Cindy Anthony said, despite what her work time she indicates... She was at home. Lies. Yeah. I can see where she gets her pathological lying from. Her <laughs> mother. John alerted Prosecutor Linda Burdick and Sergeant Kevin Stinger of the Sheriff's Office the weekend of June 25th about the discrepancy in his software and volunteered to fly to Orlando himself at his own expense to show them where, the, where it went wrong. Because mm -hmm. he created the software. Mm -hmm. So... On the same day, the judge temporarily halted proceedings when the defense filed a motion to determine if Casey was competent to proceed with the trial. Okay. You know they got to pull to mental instability. For sure. The motion states the defense received a privileged communication from their client, which caused them to believe that Miss Anthony is not competent to aid and assist in her own defense. But she was out partying, though. But she's not competent enough. Yeah. To testify. But she was out partying before she was put in jail. That's really, that's really convenient that your number one suspect, she, I don't know if she was number, number one suspect at this time, but. I mean, they're putting her on trial for Casey's murder. Right. Or Kaylee's oh, murder. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really convenient that mm -hmm. she's not competent enough. Yeah. To testify. The trial resumed on June 27th when the judge announced that the result of the psychological evaluation showed that Casey was competent to proceed. Damn straight. You can't fake it. You I'm sorry. You cannot fake no. that shit. They know psych, psychologists, therapists, psych, psychiatrists, whatever. I'm not sure what the difference is in the title, so I'm not going to say I know. But they know when you're bullshit. Yeah. I'm sorry, but they, they literally studied psychology and shit. Mm -hmm. They studied human behavior. Mm -hmm. They know when you're lying. They know when you're bullshitting. They know. Mm -hmm. So. And like, to me, part of me wants to be like, okay. She's a mother. Her two-year-old daughter just died. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could affect her testifying in court. Yeah. Would she be able to stand it? Right. But if you are the one that is on trial, mm -hmm. like, you have to, like, defend yourself. Right. I mean, whatever. It's Casey Anthony. But 
like it's kind of hard there's like a fine line between like being competent enough and like being in the right headspace do you do you see what i'm yeah. saying no there's like, a d- total difference between completely being mentally unstable like not competent like off the rails and then like, like if, gone if you're not competent enough to defend yourself in trial then that just goes to show like what you would be capable of like that makes you look more guilty in my opinion like Why? If, if you're not competent enough to defend yourself uh you're on you're on trial for murder and you are supposedly not competent enough to sit on the stand and, be, and defend yourself and say i didn't do it that just to me that just makes but me what look if more you guilty. are so traumatized that you can't even speak that's what i'm saying you're because she's a mother i know but i'm just saying like what if you are so traumatized by what happened i don't i don't see where you're going with that this is one thing that we're gonna have to disagree on because being mentally i mean being mentally incompetent Mm -hmm. is not equal guilty there's a lot of mentally people that are sorry mentally competent not competent you know what i mean (laughs) mentally unstable people out there does not mean that they're guilty. But she was very clearly not. Okay. She I'm was very clearly claiming, competent. Claiming that yes, you're yes, yes. incompetent. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. Yes, but yes. I don't, it sounded like you were saying because you're mentally incompetent, it makes you look more guilty. That's not fair. Claiming to be. Yeah, claiming to be. Claiming to be when you are test, very clearly. And when the test comes right. back and says that you're not. Right. Yes, that makes yes. you look more guilty. Okay. I have because a I thought you were words. just saying in general. I'm like, damn, really? I got some mental health issues. Am I mentally incompetent? No, I ha- I'm really bad with words. No, it's okay. We got we got to we the got end there. there. We got to the end goal. I, That's I, what I want. I just wanted you to clarify yourself. Yeah, it's hard for me to put into words what I'm talking about when I can think it in my head, but I don't know how to put words to it. You know when <laughs> I get quiet, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I, and I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I know I don't make sense right now. She's looking me dead in the eyes, like, using her hands, and I'm just sitting here staring at like, her. Like, what are you trying to say, bro? And she knows when I'm being quiet, I'm like... I'm like, this shit ain't huh? making no fucking sense. <laughs> like, if not- I'm not saying something back, something is going off the rails with this conversation. She's, like, squinting her eyes at me, like, trying to see in my brain, like, what are you <laughs> saying, bro? That's why I was, like, saying stuff to get you to where you were trying to go. You got it. Okay, so Kirsten it. thinks we're if you claim you're mentally incompetent and When you're, you're not, very clearly competent. That makes you look that guilty. you are guilty. Okay. Yeah. We're good. But then also, she's a mother who's grieving, supposedly, because her daughter died. Yeah. Could you stand, could you be, on, could you testify against do you see what i mean yeah could you grief defend shows yourself in different ways that's what i'm saying could you defend yourself clearly knowing your daughter had just died well she didn't even shed a tear the whole time see? that's the thing but again people grieve differently, differently. so mm-hmm. it's hard to say that because i've been to many funerals where i did not shed a single tear mm-hmm. i just sat there yeah and it made me feel awkward yeah but that's a different story that's, for a different time yeah in later testimony about air samples, Dr. Ken Furton, a professor of chemistry at Florida International University, said that there is no consensus in the field on what chemicals are typical of human decomposition. And Judge Perry ruled that the jury would not get to smell air samples taken from the trunk because of that. Mm-hmm. The prosecution stated they discussed John's software discrepancy with Jose, 
on June 27th, and he raised the issue in court testimony. So he made sure the jurors knew. Like, oh, that was fake. He Mm -hmm. didn't really mean that. Mm -hmm. Jose also asked Judge Perry to instruct the jury about the search information, but prosecutors disputed this, and it was not done. So I feel like the judge was really falling on the side of the prosecution, Mm -hmm. not the defense. Right. Also on June 27th, the defense called two private investigators who had searched the area in November 2008 where the body was later found. The search was videotaped, but nothing was found. On June 28th, the defense called a Texas EquiSearch team leader who did two searches of the area and found no body. Then the defense called Roy Kronk, who recounted the same basic story he told police about his discovery of Kaylee Anthony's remains in December of 2008. He acknowledged receiving $5,000 after the remains were identified, but denied that he told his son that finding the body would make him rich and famous. $5,000 is not that much money. So, no. who would say that about finding a dead body? No. Not but, the next day, his son did testify that he had made those statements. I knew this guy was a little bit Maybe suspicious. as a joke. I mean, Kaylee Anthony's death is obviously not a joke. Obviously. whatsoever. But some people have morbid humor. I mean, I think I have a pretty morbid sense of humor. I do too. And a lot of people don't get that. And then no. I feel real <laughs> awkward. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he had like a form of like more mm-hmm. morbid humor mm-hmm. like us. I mean, we do have morbid humor. Yeah. When we play Cards Against Humanity, everybody knows what um, cards to play when goodness. it comes to us. Um, But anyways, I feel like I cannot fault. Roy for saying that because I think it maybe it was a joke to lighten up the the mood. Right. You yeah. know, not a joke about Kaylee in general. He was just saying it to kind of lighten, lighten yeah. up the mood. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I get it. Okay. You get it because you have a morbid sense of humor. Other Everybody else not. is like, what the fuck? Just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah, as always. On June 30th, the defense called Crystal Holloway, a volunteer in the search for Kaylee, who stated that she had an affair with George Anthony. Oh. He had been to her home, and he had texted her, just thinking about you, I need you in my life. Ew. She told the defense that George Anthony had told her that Kaylee's death was an accident that snowballed out of control. Under cross-examination by prosecutors, they pointed to her sworn police statement in which she had said that George Anthony believed it was an accident rather than knowing that it was. In her initial report, Holloway reported George Anthony saying, quote, I really believe it was an accident that just went wrong and Casey tried to cover it up. So she's saying that George had nothing to do with it and it was all Casey. But he knew about it. But he knew about it. She said he had not told her he was present when the alleged incident accident occurred. Mm -hmm. Sorry. During the redirect examination, Jose asked Holloway if George Anthony had told her that Kaylee was dead while stating publicly that she was missing, to which she replied yes. In his earlier testimony, George Anthony had denied the affair with her and said he visited her only because she was ill. He said he sent the text message because he needed everyone who had helped him in his life. Mm-hmm. After Holloway's testimony, Judge Perry told jurors that it could be used to impeach George Anthony's credibility, but that it was not proof of how Kaylee died, nor evidence of Casey Anthony's guilt or innocence. 
The prosecution rested its case on June 15th after calling 59 witnesses for 70 different testimonies. Dang. The defense rested its case on June 30th after calling 47 witnesses for 63 different testimonies. And Casey Anthony did not testify. That blows my mind. Me too. Blows my mind. Me too. Because I'm like, how? How could you not? How could you not get up there and say, I did not do this. Why would I do this to my baby? My baby girl. Literally. This is my light. My love. The, the love of my life. That's what my I'm baby, saying. Like, that makes you look so guilty. Mm-hmm. That you couldn't even get up on the stand. Like, fuck you for not defending your daughter. For Literally, not going up child. there and saying, I did not do this you to my poor baby girl. You buried that child for freaking nine months, bro. You and birthed you're just going to let it go. That's what it seems mm-hmm. like to me. You're yeah. letting it go. Maybe like, she you didn't, do not care. Maybe she didn't have, like, a that motherly, like, instinct that just kind of takes over. Mm-hmm. Maybe she didn't have that, that bond with Kaylee. And, like, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know what you're talking about. Because, mm-hmm. like, when Jeffrey was born, it was instant. Mm-hmm. Like, best friend. When Evelyn was born, I feel like people don't talk about that a lot. When Evelyn was born, it wasn't an instant connection to, even though I, you know, gave birth to her, carried her for nine months. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit longer because I was so used to having Jeffrey yeah. take care of Jeffrey. And now there's another baby in the mix. And that was your firstborn son. How your do firstborn I, child. Yeah. How do I How do I go from having one to now I have two? How mm-hmm. do I balance it? But, it, like... Also, it's different connecting with your daughter than your son. Yeah. It just, like, took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. So, like, some people just... I mean, when you have kids, sometimes it just not... It doesn't click. Yeah. It just doesn't click. You don't have that feeling. And I feel like, like you said, a lot of people don't talk about that. No. So, that's why I had brought it up. Maybe yeah. she never clicked with Kaylee. And, and that's what she, led to this. She had previously stated that she didn't, she wanted to put her up for adoption. She mm-hmm. didn't want her. Mm-hmm. But then, that, like, her friend said that she was a great mom. It's yeah. easy to put on a facade in front of your friends and family. You never know what happens behind closed doors. Nope. I'm just saying, if she she didn't testify, she didn't defend her daughter. She wasn't yeah. freaking out. She wasn't, you know, raising hell to figure out who killed her daughter. She did right. not care. <sighs> she didn't care. On June 30th and July 1st, the prosecutor presented rebuttal arguments, beginning by showing the jury photographs of Kaylee's clothes and George George's suicide note. It called two representatives of Cindy Anthony's former employer who explained why their computer login system shows Cindy was at work in the afternoon. She said she went home early and searched her computer for the information about chloroform. A police computer analyst testified someone had purposely searched online for neck and breaking. Another analyst testified she did not find evidence that Cindy Anthony had searched certain terms she claimed to have searched. So she's just looking even more like a liar. Yeah. Anthropology professor Dr. Michael Warren from the University of Florida was recalled to rebut. No. Rebut. Yeah. I was like, wait, that does not have an E. Rebut a defense witness on the need to open a skull during an autopsy. Mm Mm-hmm. The lead detective stated there were no phone calls between Cindy and George Anthony during the week of June 16, 2008. However, he told the defense he did not know that George had a second cell phone. So he had a second cell phone. (laughs) And then closing arguments were heard July 3rd and July 4th. Jeff Ashton, for the prosecution, told the jury, When you have a child, that child becomes your life. 
This case is about the clash between that responsibility and the expectations that go with it in the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have. He then outlined the state's case against Casey, touching on her many lies to her parents and others, the smell in her car's trunk, identified by several witnesses, including her own father, as the odor from human decomposition and the items found with Kaylee's skeletal remains in December of 2008. He emphasized how Casey maintains her lies until they absolutely cannot be maintained anymore, and then replaces them with another lie, using Zanny the Nanny as an example. Casey repeatedly told police that Kaylee was with the nanny that she specifically identified as Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez. And police, however, were never police were never able to find the nanny, which we talked about in the last episode. And authorities did find the woman, but she denied ever meeting the Anthony's, which we also discussed in the last episode. Jeff reintroduced the items found with Kaylee's remains, including a Winnie the Pooh blanket that matched the bedding at her grandparents' home, one of the set of laundry bags with the twin bag found at the Anthony home, and duct tape, he said, was a relatively rare brand. That bag is Kaylee's coffin, Ashton said, holding up a photograph of the laundry bag as Casey reacted with emotion. He further criticized the defense's theory that Kaylee drowned in the Anthony pool and that Casey and George panicked upon finding the child's body and covered up her death. He advised jurors to use their common sense when deciding a verdict. Quote, Noah makes an accident look like a murder, mm-hmm. he said. Before closing arguments, Judge Perry ruled that the defense could argue that a drowning occurred due to reasonable conclusions aided by witness testimony, but that arguing sexual abuse was not allowed since there was nothing to support the claim that George sexually abused Casey. Jose began by contending that there were holes in the prosecution's forensic evidence, saying it was based on a fantasy. He told the jury that the prosecution wanted them to see stains and insects that did not really exist, that they had not proven that the stains in Anthony's car trunk were caused by Kaylee's decomposing body, rather than from a trash bag found there. He added that the prosecutors tried to make his client look like a promiscuous liar because their evidence was weak. He said the drowning is the only explanation that makes sense, and showed jurors a photograph of Kaylee opening the home's sliding glass door by herself. He stressed that there were no child safety locks in the home and that both of Casey's parents, George and Cindy, testified that Kaylee could get out of the house easily. Although Cindy testified that Kaylee could not put the ladder on the side of the pool and climb up, Jose alleged that Cindy may have left the ladder up the night before. She didn't admit she didn't admit to doing so in testimony, he said, but how much guilt would she have knowing it was her that left the ladder up that day? Defense attorney, Jose, told jurors his biggest fear was that they would base their verdict on emotions, not evidence. Quote, the strategy behind that is, if you hate her, if you think she's a lying, no good slut, then you'll start to look at this evidence in a different light. He said, I told you at the very beginning of this case that this was an accident that snowballed out of control. What made it unique is not what happened, but who it happened to. Also, the fact that you said she's a lying, no good slut. Nobody said that. Mm -hmm, No. So... Okay. He explained Casey Anthony's behavior as being the result of her dysfunctional family situation. At one point, Jose spoke. Ashton could be seen smiling or chuckling behind his hand, which is the prosecution's lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's basically laughing at him because, also, why would you call her a slut? Yeah, like, the, the defense makes absolutely no sense to me. That's why he's laughing. 
it makes it's like he looks like in a the fool. amber heard versus johnny depp trial yes johnny depp's lawyers and him were literally laughing at some of the shit she was saying because it's it, they, it makes them look so dumb mm-hmm. this prompted jose to refer to him as this laughing guy right here the judge called a sidebar conference then a recess also i just want to say just because he's laughing doesn't mean anything he could be laughing out of like like I, I'm a nervous laugher. Mm-hmm. I don't know I about am you. Too. I yeah. I'm a nervous smiler. Mm-hmm. If I like say something that's supposed to be like super duper sad, I have a tendency to smile or make a joke out of it. It's so yeah. It, you know, it's hard. He could be laughing, not laughing, but like a man. This guy, like he's yeah. like he can't believe what's going on. Exactly. Or like shaking his head, laughing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When court resumed, he chastised both sides, saying both Ashton. And Baez, which is the prosecution and the defense lawyers, had violated his order that neither side should make disparaging remarks about opposing counsel. After both attorneys apologized, the judge accepted the apologies but warned that a recurrence would have the offending attorney excluded from the courtroom. Hmm. Another defense attorney, Cheney Mason, then followed with an additional closing argument addressing the jury to discuss the charges against Casey Anthony. Quote, the burden rests on the shoulders of my colleagues at the state attorney's office, Mason said, referring to proving that Casey Anthony committed a crime. He said that the jurors are required, whether they like it or not, to find the defendant not guilty if the state did not adequately prove its case against Casey. So he's trying to guilt trip there. Mm -hmm. Mason emphasized that the burden of proof is on the state and that Casey Anthony's decision not to testify is not an implication of guilt. Lead prosecutor, Linda Drain Burdick, in the prosecution rebuttal, told the jurors that she and her colleagues backed up every claim they made in their opening statement six weeks ago and implied that the defense never directly backed up their own opening statement claims. Quote, My biggest fear is that common sense will be lost in all the rhetoric of the case, she said, insisting that she would never ask the jury to make their decision based on emotion, but rather evidence. Responses to guilt are oh so predictable. What do, kil- what do guilty people do? They lie, they avoid, they run, they mislead, they divert attention away from themselves, and they act like nothing is wrong. <laughs> she suggested that the garbage bag in the trunk of the car was a decoy put there to keep people from getting sp- suspicious about the smell of the car when she left it abandoned in the parking stall directly beside a dumpster in the Amscott parking lot. Whose life was better without Kaylee? She asked, stressing how George and Cindy Anthony were wondering where their daughter and granddaughter were in June and July 2008. The same time, Casey was staying at her boyfriend's apartment while Kaylee's body was decomposing in the woods. That's the only question you need to answer in considering why Kaylee Marie Anthony was left on the side of the road dead. Linda then showed the jury a split screen with a photo of Casey partying at a nightclub on one side, and a close-up of the Bella Vita, meaning beautiful life tattoo, that she got weeks after Kaylee died on the other. The jury began deliberations on July 4th. On July 5th, prosecutors stated that during deliberations, they were about to give the jury the corrected information with regard to John's software discrepancy. However, the jury reached a verdict before they could do so. Mm. One legal analyst stated that if the jury had found Casey guilty before receiving the exculpatory evidence, the prosecution's failure to fully disclose it could have been grounds for a mistrial. 
So they could have had to go through mm-hmm. the whole thing all over again. Yeah. Which might have been for the better, to be yeah. honest. On July 5th, 2011, the jury found Casey not guilty of one counts of counts one through three regarding first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and aggravated child abuse, while finding her guilty on counts four through seven for provi- providing false information to law enforcement. Count four was Casey said she was employed at Universal Studios during 2008. Um, pursuant to the investigation of a missing persons report, she was not employed there. She said she had left Kaylee at an apartment complex with a babysitter, causing law enforcement to pursue the missing babysitter, who didn't exist. Casey said she informed two employees of Universal Studios, Jeff Hopkins and Julia Lewis, at Universal, of the disappearance of Kaylee, also not true. In count seven, she said she had received a phone call and spoke to Kaylee on July 15th of 2008, causing law enforcement to expend further resources that they didn't need to because she was lying. On July 7th of 2011, sentencing arguments were heard. The defense asked for the sentencing to be based on one count of lying on the grounds that the offenses occurred as part of a single interview with police dealing with the same matter, the disappearance of her daughter, as one continuous lie. The defense also argued for concurrent sentences, that is for all four counts to become one count and the sentence to run together as one. The judge disagreed with defense arguments finding that Casey's statements consisted of four distinct separate lies. So, the judge ordered the sentences to be served consecutively, noting that law enforcement expended a great deal of time, energy, and manpower looking for Kaylee Marie Anthony. Exactly. The search went on from July through December, over several months, trying to find Kaylee Marie Anthony. Judge Perry sentenced Casey to one year in the county jail and a $1,000 in fines, for each of the four counts of providing false information to a law enforcement officer, the maximum penalty prescribed by law. She received 1,043 days of credit for time served, plus additional credit for good behavior, resulting in her release on July 17th of 2011. Stupid. So, she basically already served her time at that point. Yeah, because they're they're considering the time that she has been, um, been held during her trial mm-hmm. that's went towards her sentence. Yep. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. In September of 2011, Judge Perry, complying with Florida statute requiring judges to assist, sorry, to assess investigative and prosecution costs if requested by a state agency, ruled that Casey Anthony must pay $217,000 to the state of Florida. He ruled she had to pay those costs directly related to lying to law enforcement about the death of Kaylee, including search costs, only up to September 30th of 2008 when the sheriff's office stopped investigating a missing child case. In earlier arguments, Mason had called the prosecutor's attempt to exact a larger sum sour grapes because the prosecution lost its case. He told reporters that Casey is indignant. In January 2013, a Florida appellate court reduced her convictions from four to two counts and her attorney had argued that her false statements constituted a single offense. However, the court noted she gave false information during two separate police interviews several hours apart. So? I just have no words. Have you seen the video of when she's in jail? This was before they found um, Kaylee's body. Mm -hmm. Her parents came to visit her in jail, Mm -hmm. and... 
they were like, they're saying that she's dead. They're saying Kaylee's dead. This bitch goes, surprise, surprise. Are you fucking serious? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Surprise, surprise. Oh, what? That wasn't a shock to you? Like, I don't because care. Because you... Mm? You already know. Mm. We're not going <laughs> to go there. I don't... I mean, okay. Even if your child has been missing for so long, mm-hmm. that the chances are that they are not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. When you get that news, that's still going to be gut-wrenching. Yeah. To know of course. that there's no longer a you chance. You would not say... Okay, I cannot surprise, play devil's surprise. advocate for that because no. that's not even like morbid humor or anything. That's just fucked up. That's that's where she fucked up. That is that's where she fucked, fucked up. up. She fucked up a long time ago. Yeah, but saying that, okay, I understand if your kid's missing and you just like accept the fact that maybe they're dead. But like, also, that was what? Not that long. Uh-uh. That wasn't that long after she disappeared at all. Mm-mm. And for you to get that call, hey, uh, Kaylee's dead. And you go, surprise, surprise. The fuck is wrong with you? Like, what do you mean, surprise, surprise? Literally. What's that supposed to mean? Like, that's literally on video. Like, oh, God. I'll have to show you the video. Like I said, next week, I'm going to gather a bunch of clips. Mm -hmm. We're going to play them on the pod. Okay. Hopefully, we don't get sued. By who? Yeah, she ain't got no money. Who's going to sue us? And she'd sue our LLC anyway, so she can't get me. <laughs> who's uh, who's going to sue us? We have no property. Casey Anthony. We have no property on our LLC anyway. No. Should we, should what are you going to sue nothing? us for? <laughs> Go she ahead. She going to get nothing. What are you going to sue us for? My what? laptop? Literally. And that's not all my business stuff. Yeah. Because I had this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. We're two broke-ass bitches. We ain't got shit. Recording in the half of my spare room that's mine. The other half is my boyfriend's. We have like a a 10 by 3 foot. Now, Austin did a great job decorating this shit. I love it. But he paid for it, so it's not under my business. Nope. So, guess what? You ain't getting nothing. We ain't made no money. We just do this for fun. Yeah. But we we made an LLC, so if we did want to buy stuff and things took off, we could have it. Not that that relates. But I'm just saying if she sued us, she'd have to sue the LLC. Yeah. And she ain't getting nothing because we ain't got nothing. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Should I tell her? Should I put all that on the podcast? Yes. So she knows. Hey. You absolutely should. It's okay. She's not going to listen to this anyways. I mean, she does have a lot of time because everyone hates her and I doubt that she can really even get a job at this point. For those of you that have seen the TikToks or that have watched the documentary and you're one of those people that are like, she absolutely did not do it after you've watched the documentary, I just want you to know. Oh, God. Casey Anthony is a pathological liar. Literally. She's been hiding under a rock for 11 years. And you think now... I think it's real convenient that she just, she's like, you know what? The right offer came along for the right price. I think it's time for me to tell my side of the story. No, bitch. Here's the thing. No, bitch. Why weren't you up on that fucking testimony, that fucking thing that you get on? I don't even know what it's called because I'm so pissed off. The stand. Yes. 
Why would you up there defending your motherfucking self? Your life was literally on the line. You if you been, were found guilty, you, you would have been died. executed, yeah, bitch. Literally. And you didn't want to defend yourself? That is the most bizarre bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Okay, I think we're going in too hard right now. <laughs> People are like, um, I think I'm done listening. <laughs> I just want you guys to just think for a minute. Yeah. Listen to the two episodes that we have done. Mm-hmm. And these are all facts. There's yes. no hearsay. There's Other than no... what we have stated as our opinion. Yeah. The only things. Our opinions. Yeah. That's. That that's our opinions. Our opinion. But. This everything that I have stated. Is facts. Facts from the trial. Like. She did not testify. It's definitely not looking good for her. She didn't defend herself. Or her baby child. Literally. At all. She was willing to be found guilty and literally get the death sentence. Yep. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, bitch. I need I a hope shirt she listens that says that. <laughs> surprise, surprise, bitch. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, if you haven't already, go check out our social medias. Yes, we need to update them. I say it every week. Um. <laughs> One thing at a time, we're working on the Patreon right now. Patreon will be up. Hopefully by January 1st, that's our goal. It will be. I'm perfecting something. The link tree is in the description. So you Show can notes. go. Yep, that's what I meant. Same thing. Um, so you can check out our social medias. Um, what else am I missing? Go check out Kirsten's episode from Wednesday. She did Amityville Horror. Talked about the real story. And then talked about the most recent movie, I believe, from 2005 and let's see what else go check out part one of this if you haven't already and get ready for next week's episode where we talk about the docu-series and some other clips i can find of casey anthony and we can talk about what we think compared to the evidence that we have presented Mm -hmm. and i think that's it okay see you in the next one bye bye